This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always with my co-host just off camera, Dylan Ray. We have with us today, we have the vice president of Pope and Young. We have Dallas Smith with us from Utah. Dallas, welcome. Thanks, Jason and Dylan. I appreciate this opportunity to sit down and talk to you and uh, share a little bit about what's going on this weekend at Panel. Absolutely. And so for those of you who don't know, we are in Reno, Nevada, site of the upcoming convention. Um, we've got some of the best, 20-some of the best measures in the world on site doing accuracy checks and and everything for these the best of the best animals you know jason you know why we have 27 of the best measures here well it's simply because we've got 170 of the very best animals ever shot that's a fact yeah and and for those of you who aren't aware of the numbers 170 is an absolute this is a whole nother level than what we've had before. We've had some great conventions. Our last convention was the most we'd ever had, and I think that was... It was right around 120, 124, it seems, what I recall. Yeah. I was, so, I was, significantly higher. And, of course, uh, you know, one of the big additions to that is last uh, convention cycle, we added recognizing Pope and, or uh, Velvet. velveted entries yes. in all categories. Uh, so that's been a tremendous boost for the records program. Yeah, especially, you know, the West Coast, there's there's a lot of opportunities for velvet trophies. Yeah, but, so. you know, you're sitting right by a giant whitetail. Well, and, that's uh, true. And that's just one of many that we've got here. It's, yes. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like they're coming out of the woodwork. That, they're coming out of somewhere. It's not the woodwork that I spend any time around. <laughs> so yeah. it's so 170, over 170 trophies. I, I, and that's just amazing. So I, I'm going to put it in perspective uh, for everybody out there who uh, likes the big numbers. You know, in this room and at convention, we will have displayed almost 36,000 inches of horn, antlers, and skulls. It's it's unbelievable when you put it in perspective that way. That's It's that, a record book all on its own. That's probably your, I wonder if there's ever been, I, I guarantee you there has never been an archery killed display of this magnitude. I, I don't know if, else. I don't know if there's ever been one period. Uh, I know wow. 
in my tenure in the club and uh, being around archery for 50 years, I've never been in a room with this much wow. phenomenal animals, just the sheer magnitude of quality, the yes. variety of animals. I mean, we've got animals from every category of the 29 species in the room except the polar bears. And we're having a special panel in Canada because we can't bring those yeah. into the U.S. yet. So I'm not even counting those. I'm just saying what's wow. here today and uh, what these superb volunteers of the club, both Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young, yes. uh, measuring here today. So uh, I wish I had the number offhand, but we probably uh, have in excess of six, 700 years of experience measuring these animals. I'll bet. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, it's hard to get 600 years of experience on anything, period. Yes. But, but we're, we're very well represented and from all over the country. Yeah, we've got them from all over. And speaking of from all over the country, I was in the room earlier and I was listening to some of the stories of how these animals got to <laughs> Panama. This is, uh, if, if, if you're like a lot of us, you've never had an animal invited to panel because maybe it just wasn't in that just very tip-top echelon but it is a very it, it is a huge honor to be invited to panel to have your animals displayed at convention and because of that we have hunters that take amazing efforts to get their stuff to us um, cabela's and bass pro shops are phenomenal partners with us they they offer shipping for a number of the trophies we couldn't do it without them not, no. not at this scale no and we appreciate them for that and uh, but even outside of that, there's a certain deadline where you have to have your trophy there. And we had uh, Nicole, who shot I, I think it's the largest whitetail buck shot by a female hunter with a bow. And it was I think in Ohio. It was in another show. She could not get it to Bass Pro to have them ship it because it was committed to another show. And she drove that thing across the country to make sure that it was here in Reno for us. Yeah, that's dedication right oh, there. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, some people would say that's ego, and I don't believe that a no. bit. I, I believe it's dedication and giving that animal the recognition the animal deserves. It is, I, 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 I agree. I didn't see, I don't see any part of ego in that at all. Yeah. I see, re, what I see is respect, is she has a respect and we actually had her on the show we had her on the podcast and she is very humbled and so excited to be in that position and this i don't think ego comes into play i think she truly believes and respects that animal and knows it belongs here sure. and went to an incredible journey to make sure it was here had another guy drive a full-size moose across the country to get here um we had people drive from i think quebec down into the u.s to bring trophies across to get it shit just all kinds of stories like that yeah so yeah in, in every cycle every recording period we see similar dedication to bow hunting to these animals yes. uh, it, you know People spend a lot of money going hunting. They spend a lot of money on equipment, but they don't stop there. You yep. know, they support us as an organization by bringing those animals here and letting us verify where their scores are and how they rank. And uh, it's very important. It's important that we use the, this information in our books uh, statistically to show what archery is capable of doing. And it, it puts everything in perspective. And we've been doing this now for, what, 62 years? 62 years. Yeah. And it's, it, I think for some folks, they don't realize that this is an ongoing battle there are places that still do not allow bow hunting because they don't feel it's an effective way to take big game so our books and our program are still being utilized in places um you know one of the most recent ones was russia is hey here's here's a place that didn't allow bow hunting and then you know we were able to show with the amount and the huge number of animals that have been taken with the bow and arrow that this is an effective way of taking animals. Absolutely. Another case in point, we've been working on uh, Greenland 
you know, we recognize caribou and muskox from Greenland, and they don't actually allow traditional hunting there. And uh, they still don't, but we've been providing the information to show that the traditional side is every bit as vital yes. and viable as a weapon as the compound bows are. Uh, so hopefully with that uh, data set, we can change hearts and minds. Absolutely. And it's, you know, there are other other projects that we're in the middle of that, once again, we're using our data points to help promote bow hunting and, and hopefully get get new opportunities for bow hunters right, right here in North yeah. America. Yeah. You know, and uh, speaking of that, we're coming out with a, uh, a new book, this convention. It'll be introduced at the convention, and it's, uh, it's unique in the fact it's actually a two-volume set. And every animal in our data set is in the book. Yeah, everything so that's been entered. There's no more. It's only in the book one cycle if it's a 125-inch whitetail. It's in there. Uh, from this point forward. So it, it's pretty exciting. I, I'm excited to see that book. I know... Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to have to hire a Sherpa to pack it home for me. You may need that. I don't know they, if I can lift it. They're not small, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, they are completely comprehensive. And I've I've made some of the conference calls and have visited with the folks putting it together. And there there is an amount of effort that has gone into this book that is tremendous. And I believe that the finished product is going to show exactly that. Yeah, we've got a great team that's working on that. The board of directors, uh, the volunteers, and yep. the office staff have all come together, and, and it's really a you know a, a finely tuned working machine. It's, yes. It's, even if sometimes that finely tuned working machine needs a hammer. <laughs> no, it <laughs> hey, is. It's a sledgehammer. <laughs> yes. No, it's exciting. I can't wait to unveil that at, uh, at convention. And, you know, there, there are right now you can buy, you can pre, pre-order a copy of the book um, online. So just go to the website and they can get that taken care of. Yeah, and that's really important to announce because the cost of uh, uh, producing this book is very high. So we had to do a limited run. So there's, yep. there is only going to be 750 of these printed. Period. Period. And uh, it's first come, first serve. So uh, get in early, uh, reserve a couple sets for Christmas presents, yep. and uh, make sure it's there. If we sell out, we'll entertain uh, maybe doing a second run. But as of now, we are limited to 750 Yeah, our costs on this project, just since it started a couple of years ago, um, with COVID and some of the paper shortages, I, I'm not sure, but our costs may have doubled on yeah. this project it's yeah. it's astounding to find out that you're signing contracts and then you know there's clauses in there for for if paper goes up that has to go in yeah yeah and we we did something a little bit different this year we actually started it last cycle with the uh, velveted book and we went it out went out and solicited uh contributions from mm -hmm. uh, individuals from uh, uh industry uh partners uh, to offset that cost a little bit yeah. so we can offer this book at a reasonable price and make sure that we have it for the for the history of it yeah yep no and it's uh, i'm just excited to see it so if you want one make sure you pre-order a copy to make sure that you get one yeah because there's absolutely. a limited number and we're going to have them at convention and um i i think there's going to be a lot of excitement we're going to send a lot of them home with folks with their sherpas yep so, no, that's exciting. Um, the book, we, we keep talking about convention. I am, um, you know, we've been working on this for a long time. It's finally coming to fruition. You know, the last two conventions we've planned have had, uh, you know, Virginia just got flat canceled. And then Reno last year, we had to move it, at, you know, the last minute from April to July. Um so we're excited that this one is on track. It is shaping up to be fantastic. We have, Dallas, like you were saying, a record number of entry of trophies this year. We have, a, I mean, record number of, of trips from our outfitter partners. Um, we've got people coming in to, to show you their trips, to show you their products. Um, I just, I'm really excited about this convention. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. You know, every time, 
it just seems like it gets better and better and better. Yes. And yeah, we had some uh, roadblocks here the last couple of cycles, but all in all, it, we came through it strong, and uh, we're going to use this as a building platform to keep moving forward. I mean, we've got 170 this time. We're going to set our targets <laughs> higher, you know. I can say that the, my team will attest that the target may have been set higher than 170. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm thrilled with 170. I think for this, I think anything over 140 was huge. And to get to 150 was a milestone. To get to 160 was a milestone. And then, you know, just recently we just, just came together and, and got over yeah. 170. But I, I wish of, just to keep it in perspective, I, before we started this, I wish I would have went and actually seen how many animals were invited to panel. But I believe we're about 70% of the invited show up, something in that neighborhood. Those are rough numbers. Yeah. But uh, so there were well over 200 animals invited here so we do have room to grow i mean it would be ideal to uh, see them all and um you know yeah two, 200 was a number i threw out at tim and i think if if anyway if he hears the number 200 anywhere along the line he's probably going to throw something yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's you have to always you know once again we uh we have high expectations for this group and for the team and and, uh, you know, I'll be darned if they don't keep coming through. So, yeah. you know, the other neat thing about these animals is like the animals we have next to us here, this fine antelope and beautiful velveted whitetail. They're beautiful mounts. The Gorgeous. taxidermy work is superior. Uh, we've got animals that are just sculled. Uh, we've got life-size animals, mm -hmm. some of the sheep mounts in here, and a life-size moose. Moose? I mean, if, if you've never been up close and personal to a moose... You got to come here just to stand by this thing yes. because it's like it's it's just all stopping to be there and, and put it in perspective to you know you've been around horses and and cattle yeah. and, and whatnot and all of a sudden here's a you know a high end uh, I think it's a Canadian moose isn't it that's here I, I, I believe, believe it's Canadian yeah. you know and it's not even the biggest of the moose species no. but. Even a small one's big. They're big, yeah. <laughs> no, was definitely excited. I mean, yeah. There's full body caribou. There's full body yeah. sheep. There's full body uh, deer. A deer, elk, mule deer, white tail, yeah. full bodies. So beautiful it, taxidermy. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, once again, that's you know, further perspective. The thirty-six thousand inch thing is pretty. In, <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, mention that because that that was that's just a well we don't number. often look at numbers in that manner it's just a fun number yeah. because everybody's so the the size of the number is important to everybody yeah you know and uh we try to to make that as consistent as possible yeah. so i wanted to throw out a big number just to uh yeah. and so to put to put that number into perspective so this is almost thirty six thousand inches of net official measured that's, scores. That's true. That was net. Okay, so th just to keep this into perspective, 36,000 net inches of official measurement score would be approximately, let me do the math here, 97,000 inches of Facebook number. <laughs> so we, well, we have almost 100,000 inches I of Facebook uh, size trophies here. I, I don't know who your Facebook friends are, Jason, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I might be uh, defriending if they're yeah. that inflated. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, I haven't seen a lot of 200-inch bucks out there, but, man, if you look at Facebook, it seems like people are shooting, you know, three, four a day. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, it's 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 going to be tremendous. Um, like I said, the auctions line up great. We've got some surprises that you're, keep looking online. You're going to see some wonderful surprises. Yeah, and that, that's that. a good point because our media people have been doing a phenomenal job of getting the highlights of the auction, you know, and now we'll start seeing some of these animals being highlighted up to yep. convention. And, and uh, it's always nice to see that in the buildup, but there isn't a photographer in the world that can do these animals justice. They can't. You know, I, I, I look at them in a picture and I walk up to them and I just, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, it's night and day in some cases. Yes. Tremendous. It's, it's, I mean, it, and, and you talked about the inches. The other thing that, so last time we had that ballroom basically surrounded with trophies and 
we had so many more trophies this time we're having to completely change the way we display these things and no one will be disappointed I guarantee you, you will not walk into that room and not be impressed with this display because no. it's. We just talked to the hotel today and and came up with some solutions, and I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited about how we're going to be doing that. Yeah, you know we've got a great a great team that that's putting this on, and and I I've got full confidence in you that you will uh, do the best event that we can do. Well, well we're trying. Um, what. Uh, if you had to pick one when it comes down to convention, what's what's one of the highlights? Is it the trophies? Is it the people? Is it the... Well, I, I mean, we are here because of the animals. That's a fact. Now, with that being said, for me, it's the camaraderie. Yeah. You know, um, it's really, truly one of the only places you can come and rub elbows with some of the very best there ever has been yeah and it's not just you've got the past but you got the present you got the next generation of top quality bow hunters and yeah you know and these guys aren't just shooting the largest animals they're they're traveling they're doing their homework and, and their their dedication to the pursuit of that animal with a bow is is just unbelievable so for me personally that's my top thing. Good. You know, uh, the animals are just the frosting on the uh, cake, yeah. you know, and, and a buddy of mine uses the, the frosting and cake analogy. If, if you're going to be a bow hunter, you better like the cake because that frosting's just a small piece of it. <laughs> and the frosting is like the harvest of the animal. Yeah. You know, uh, for most of us, animals of this quality, We'll never have the opportunity to shoot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been fortunate. I've had uh, four four or five animals called the panel over the years. Feel amazingly fortunate to have the, that opportunity for those animals to be recognized. Okay. So Dallas Smith, and I've seen a lot of the pictures of this stuff you've taken, and you you get some amazing trophies. <laughs> and you've had four or just just once again to put this into perspective – what it means to be called the panel. You've had four or five called the panel. Yeah, so this is uh, my 50th year of bow hunting. So I grew up in the in the game, was introduced to it at a very young age, and I never looked back. I never wanted to do anything but that. So, I mean, I don't keep track of how many animals. I don't have my hit list there like some of the yeah. guys do. Uh, you know, I've I've killed several animals, and I'm proud of the largest ones, and I'm proud of the smallest ones. Yeah. Cause, and, you know, it's quite funny. It, I remember the failures better than the successes. So, because I learned a lesson there. Yeah. You know, when I messed up, I messed up one year. I, I missed a... Uh, this caliber of animal, a, a coos whitetail down in Mexico. Right. Missed him at under 20 yards. And uh, I'll never make that mistake again. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. And then I shot a, a monster stone sheep on a fourth day of my stone sheep hunt. And, I mean, I remember it and I celebrate it. But I, I, I don't know that I could duplicate that shot again. Right. You know, I know I won't duplicate that miss shot again yeah. because it's it's. You know, it's branded into my mind. Yeah. So to me, that's a real important part of it. And that's part of the camaraderie here. We don't just talk about the successes. Yeah. You know, we talk about the losses and um, not the losses, but the, the misses and the mishaps. The, that, the that almost. With it. So, yeah. Yeah. The could have the been. Yeah. 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 We had Josh on uh, from Wildfit. And I, I think that was when he was talking, I think that was the... I don't know if it was the highlight of his season, but that was the one most memorable thing is he, he missed an opportunity at a big mule deer buck and, and missed a shot. And he's like, man, I want that one back. And you can never get that you one back. You can't get it back. No, you can't get you it back. You try to get another so. shot, but you never get it back. Yeah. So but we, I mean, we've got iconic names, iconic bow hunters here. Um, Chuck Adams is coming yep we've got 
you know, Chuck was the first one to do all 29 animals with a bow and arrow set. Um, we've got Jack Frost, who is a staple in our club and in the convention. And Jack was actually the first person to kill all four sheep with a bow and arrow. Okay. You know? I mean, these guys are true, iconic, uh, accomplished bow hunters. And they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like we do. And you, they'll talk to you. Yeah. They, they want to talk to you. I, I actually, approachable. Yeah, I actually had somebody come up to me, and I forget, it might have been after Omaha. And they came up to me, and they just had this kind of look on their face. And I was like, hey, how's your convention going? And they're like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't believe it. I just sat down at a table, and I'm talking to somebody. I'm just talking to this guy about bow hunting, and I'm telling him about my hunt. And he was asking me questions about this hunt that I had just gone on. And he said it wasn't even a big deal. It was just, you know, a local deer hunt. And he said, then all of a sudden I start talking to him. I realized it's Jack Frost. And he was actually interested in what my hunt was like, not just, you know, talking about his. Yeah. And he's done stuff all over the world. Oh, man. And, and the, yeah. the look on his face was just so cool because he couldn't yeah. believe that Jack Frost asked him about his hunt. Sure. And if you're not an outgoing person, man, you can just stay in the shadows here yeah. and listen and the stories that you're going to hear are, you can read every volume of bow hunting magazines that's ever been printed, and you're going to get more out of this yes. than you ever were those magazines. So, and especially if you're an outgoing person and aren't afraid yeah. to go up and approach people. And uh, most of them are, are very good, good people. So, yeah. And that, that's just two out of many. I mean. Oh, I, dozens. Yeah. You know, I... I I probably shouldn't have mentioned those two because I'm leaving out people I shouldn't. But there, there's a host of people that'll be there that uh, most bow hunters would recognize. Yeah. Well, you know, if if you have to mention a couple, there's a couple that you know are are relevant right now because I I think Chuck Adams has a potential world record Sitka blacktail yeah. that would surpass Jack. Jack, who I believe has the current world record in that category. So, you know, if yeah. you have to talk about good bow hunters, the names that people remember or recognize um, that are literally dealing with world record caliber animals, yeah. that's yeah. It's a couple and, of good ones. And just the camaraderie ab uh, about those high-end guys. I've been doing it a long time, but these guys are next level. I yeah. mean, these are guys that I've looked up to most of my life. Yeah. And uh, the seeing the uh, competitiveness uh -huh. side of it. You know, we've got uh, Frank Noska. <laughs> I was just going to mention and, that. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you take Chuck Adams, which is, is arguably one of the best there's ever been. Uh -huh. And you've got Frank there that has three. He's working on his third Super Slam. He's within a couple of animals of yeah. his third Super Slam. It's like, oh, my goodness, how do you do that? You know, that's just pure dedication to what you love. That's the love and the passion just boiling over. Well, and you mentioned the competitiveness because those and it's very friendly. Oh, yeah. But I was talking to Frank earlier today. And I mean, here we're in a room of just tremendous trophies. And, and I said, gee, Frank, how many, how many do you have a panel this time? And I can't remember what he said, maybe three or four, which as you can attest, is a big number oh, yeah. to be invited. And he's, and then he goes on to say, because him and Chuck have a little rivalry, and uh, I think Frank's chasing that all-time number of entries that yeah. Chuck has that he's not going to catch just yet. Well, it, it goes back and forth. Yeah. You know, convention to convention, you know, Frank will be here, and then Chuck will be here, and they kind of leapfrog. And, yeah. uh, you know, the other good thing is, is it keeps them entering the animals into the book, into yes. the data set. So... You know, like on whitetail, our minimums for whitetail at 125, a lot of people, they'll shoot, let's say, a 150-inch buck, which is a tremendous buck, and they may have three or four 125s or 130s. They don't even bother to put those in because it doesn't meet that their right. standard, you know. But the, but the thing is, we need those. The, yes. That number is set there for a reason, and we want to measure as many of those and Put those into the database that we can so it, it keeps that 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 moving yes you know? yeah it's when, when you see a you know a chuck adams put a hundred and uh 25 26 28 inch 
whitetail in the books, this guy has how many world records, and he's still yeah. doing it and over two hundred so, entries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's really kind of fun to see, and uh, we can all learn from it and do it. I, I'm guilty. I've got animals that I haven't had measured, and I think well. I, I use the excuse I don't have a measure in my backyard, but, yeah. uh, you know, I... You know some. I know some. Yeah. I got to get them out there. I, I just need a, uh, you know, I just need a measure with a little looser tape. But, man... No, yeah. that's, that's not what you want. That's not what you want. Well, you can't find them because I've tried bribing some of these guys, and they're like, no, man, it is what it is. You ain't getting an extra eighth inch off of this one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, we all define... Uh, the trophy individually yeah we set numbers for the book but there's some places that you you just aren't going you may live in a place that you are not going to harvest record book animals yeah you know they're the white buffalo you know they just don't exist yeah uh, and we still have to hunt those animals and harvest them it's, it's our duty we have to do that. We have that's part of the North American management. model model yeah. of management. Uh, so we we can't get lost in just the quality of the animals, because it's every bit as important to harvest the the non record book animals as it is the the record animals. Well, um, I think sometimes, and I've I've heard I've had people come tell me this that well I I don't really believe in scores because i think the hunt is so, about so much more than a score and and you i agree with that completely the, the the score does not dictate the success of a hunt it's just one part of it and it's yeah you know i mean if if the only thing you're judging your hunt on is just whatever the final score is you're missing out on 99 percent of that hunt yeah um yeah. And it's funny because we have, in some cases, the reputation to where that's all we care about. But if you're here talking to people, that's that's absolutely not what we're about. Right. But, right. you know, I mean. Well, and, and, you know, to put it in perspective, we we get a lot of people that, oh, I won't put it in there because you do deductions. You work on net instead of on gross. And, um, you know, we we can't. No, we won't throw away 62 years of data in order to adjust our scoring system at a whim because somebody wants a bigger number. Yeah. Because the data is there. It, you're just comparing inches to inches. That's, that's all you're doing, you yeah. know. And if a, a numeral, one larger numeral means more to you than the other one, I'm sorry. You know, because that's not what it's about. Yeah. You know, we do celebrate the top end. Yes. We do. Um, I personally celebrate every every harvest. Every time, yeah. So, and, <laughs> so and when sometimes the, every just every opportunity because there's the, not always a harvest. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when the freezer's getting a little empty, my, uh, Standards. You know, my target bucks might go down a little bit, you know, so that's okay. It, we all have our reasons for doing what we do, and, and we want to uh, we want to have everybody's, you know, they're all valid. Yeah. Well, I think you see some people, you know, especially the boners, I think some of them, they get almost excited on the day they they hear that they drew a tag as they did the day they <laughs> filled that tag. Well, you know. Yeah, you know, on some of these tags anymore, you're waiting 20-plus years to yeah. draw, and, and you know you're not going to draw it again. Yeah. And it's a double-edged sword, and I, I know a lot of people that that builds pressure on themselves to produce, Yep. you know, which is too bad because when you build that, put that pressure on yourself, you the enjoyment gets backseated yeah. to that pressure. and. And, you know, I, I guess my advice is just be thankful that you're out there. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've never, I have never gone on a hunt thinking that I was going to shoot a world record. I've always gone on every hunt I've ever gone on prepared to do that. If the Mentally and yeah. physically and, you know, take the proper steps to get there, you know. Um I've always lived my life by the, 
you know, being lucky. And uh, the definition of luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And that's how I define it. Yeah. I was, I was going to say being lucky. It doesn't hurt to be, you know, a great target archer and a great shot. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it helps. Yeah. It helps. But, you know, in my tenure of hunting, the hunting aspect, the woodsmanship far outweighs the marksmanship. Yeah. For me. Uh, some people it don't, you know. And I've been truly blessed to know some of the very best archers in the world and uh, some of them aren't very good hunters they're incredible shots but they're just not as good hunters you know Uh, but they've got the uh, marksmanship side of it down there you go uh, but for me i've never been that top echelon shooter so i had to become a better hunter yeah i've never been the top echelon shooter so maybe I just need to be a better hunter. <laughs> well, you need to work on it. I mean, we should always strive to be better at whatever. Yeah. We never should be complacent. And I think if you uh, if you had the time to have an honest uh, conversation with most of the guys in here, they don't take it for granted. They're, yeah. They are... They're doing the study. They're doing the field prep. They're... they're interviewing people that's been on hunts with certain outfitters they're doing the leg work to make their hunts successful Um, you know we do that in business we do it in our personal life so we should be doing it in the field also yeah Um, it's all part of it so what is um i don't know i may have changed what is your top of your bucket list right now top of my bucket list You know, here, I made a conscious effort here about uh, 10 years ago to pursue the 29. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm whittling away at them. You know, I still got, oh, seven, I think, is where I'm at. Uh, But I'm going polar bear hunting here in a few weeks. So so right now, that's heavy on my mind. Oh, yeah. Top of my list. Uh Uh-huh. I I honestly, to be 100% honest with you, I can't wait until I complete it, if I do complete it, simply so I can focus on the things that I really love doing. Right. You know? Take the pressure I haven't off. been on an elk hunt for five years, and I'm thinking to myself, 20 years ago, I said, I'll never go a year without elk right. hunting. You know? And now here I am, four or five years into it, and haven't been on an elk hunt with my buddies. Yeah. That's weighing on me pretty heavy. So That makes sense. So, well, well here's another question that I'll throw out there. Um, you know, you're on the board, so you've obviously seen uh, some of the raffles we have going on. Mm-hmm. So first, qu- first first thing, what do you think about potentially winning a hunt with Chuck Adams? Spending a weekend camp with one of the best archers ever. Yeah, you know, anybody that that is bow hunting, that could and should be a highlight yeah. of their... Uh, bow hunting careers, yep. you know, uh, you know, I've met Chuck and I've talked to Chuck several times. He's a great guy he really and is. to, to spend more time than just a casual conversation with him. It's like, what could I learn? Yeah. I mean, literally if somebody wrote the book on it, he's the one that did, yeah. you know, and, or one of them that did. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, wow, that, Jason, can I rig that hunt to, <laughs> or rig that raffle? <laughs> you know, I, I don't get to put in for you. As board members and, and volunteers, you guys can put in for them. As a staff guy, I don't get put, to put in for that one. But that's that's one that I would because it's just where else well, could you get an opportunity like that? Yeah, and how, how amazing is it that uh, Chuck has uh, committed to doing this? You know, not only did he commit to do it, but at his request, we're drawing the winner at convention because we said, hey, here's what we're going to do. And, and he came to us and he says, hey, is there any way I can draw that in Reno? And we're like, well, you're Chuck Adams. If you want to draw the winner, then you're. Yeah. OK. So, yeah. we, you know, we made that. So he's excited about it. It's not just something he's doing for. It's something he's excited about. Yeah. 
And so that was really neat to me, really refreshing. Yeah, it, it, it's a great concept in a raffle, and I, I hope that we have these type of opportunities with other individuals in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, we keep pushing the envelope to find the best and offer the best. I mean, this is a major uh, uh, fundraising uh, push for our organization, yeah. um, for our day-to-day -day operations, and for our conservation efforts. Mm. So uh, we're trying to think out of the box and uh, um, well, offer things that you can't get at your uh, local pro shop. You know? Yeah. Well, and speaking of, of bigger and bigger and bigger, um, how about the convention raffle this year? Four choices. Yeah. And, I, and, and you're going to have to pick one because we make everybody. So, so for those of you who haven't heard, choice number one, Yukon Moose with McMillan River. Bucket list on the bucket list item for a lot of people. Number two, mountain goat and brown bear with Peter Rilla. Also bucket list items for a lot of folks. Option number three is with Machwear in South Africa. It is a lion, Cape Buffalo, crocodile, sable, and a lioness. There's a couple of bucket list items there for me. There are some items, some of the things on that list, you know, like the line. That's not anything that I had ever looked at, you know, being able to do. And then all of a sudden you look at it and you're like, you know what? Maybe this is just a little more achievable than I realized. Right. Not easy. Yeah. But, but, but it's there. Option number four is with Rainy Pass Lodge, the longest running lodge in Alaska. Um, Steve and Denise Perrin's amazing people. Doll Sheep. Brown bear, caribou, and black bear. Wow. <laughs> so if you have yeah, to pick, it, I put you on the spot. Which it, one? It's almost impossible. So, it's, but, but I tell you, for me, I had the privilege to go up hunt with uh, McMillan River okay. with Don Lynn last year. And I can't begin to uh, describe how amazing it is. Yeah. Just just where you are in the world the quality of the animals the knowledge of his guides and staff mm -hmm. and just the the overall everything to do with it it was just phenomenal and you know given that because i've been there i'd have a hard time not picking that one okay and See, and, and you know and i know all the others yeah and uh Peter Barella is a great guy, and I'd oh, love yeah. to go spend the time in camp with him, not to take anything away from him or Matsuar. Those guys are great friends of mine. Yeah. Uh, Rainy Pass, the parents. Oh, man. And, you know, uh, there's not a bad choice. There's not a bad choice. And it's yeah. uh, we're going to make some – when we announce that winner, we're going to make somebody's decade. This is not a once in a – you know, this is not making your year. This is making your decade. So I'm going to throw out a challenge to you. Okay. Uh, I want to see this caliber of uh, raffle. The first guy out of the bucket chooses his. The next guy chooses it. The next guy chooses it. And the fourth guy chooses the fourth hunt. We need to give all four of those all away in, in the future. <sighs> We're not going to so, be able to limit the tickets as much. Well, and that's okay. But your odds will be the same. Yeah. We'll sell more tickets, but you'll have – so we'll we'll have to keep our odds – all right, that's well, interesting. We, I'm just throwing that challenge yeah. out there because there's there's not a raffle that exists in that magnitude. I mean, this no. is this is a top shelf raffle the way it is. Yes. If we could have all four of those and and give away all four of those hunts in one night. Holy crap! I mean, this is something that's uh, you know, and I don't know if we can get there, but we're going to work towards it. That's that's. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in hunts. I mean, yeah. just all right. just imagine how many smiling faces would be in that room. <laughs> all right, hey, we're always trying to get the Gotland's. The Gotland's been thrown out. Been thrown so. down. Holy smokes! <laughs> well, you know, uh, we've had multiple winter raffles. We've just never had multiple winter raffles on on trips like this. Yeah. And, and I, I got to tell you, I I have been in the last month month and a half. I've been. At, at Dallas for the 
DSC show. I've, I just got done with Nashville for the SCI. I was at Western Hunt Expo at the Sheep Show. And there are a lot of great organizations, and there are some phenomenal opportunities out there. And, and in all honesty, I did not see any for trips of this magnitude with as good of odds as what we're offering. Yeah. And so uh, it's a good win-win opportunity. It's a $100 ticket. I don't know. It's the only place I know where you can get a Yukon moose or an African safari or, or a parent's hunt for a hundred bucks. So it's, it's, you know, it's, we didn't, we tried to price it reasonably. We set the limit of tickets. You know, what, what some of our people said was too low, but we want to sell this thing out and we're going to draw it at convention and, um, make somebody's decade we're also going to crush somebody because they're going to have to choose between those four and some yeah, people can't choose yeah that, that's hard yeah it, it really is and that that truly is uh what do you do it's, it's oh. start flipping the coin and and see where it lands and there's no wrong yeah. answer there's no, not a bad no, trip on there it's not like oh do you you know there's just no bad trip they're yeah. all phenomenal you know uh, just absolute bucket list items you know for most people and so it's pretty exciting to be part of and uh you know i'm just going to throw the thanks out to to our members who are supporting us with with buying tickets if you don't have your tickets get them because we will sell this thing out and you do want a chance at this um and then to our outfitter partners they just every time we keep going back to them with another ask and you know they just find a way to make it work and uh, it's it's some of our outfitters who are coming up with with the bigger and better. You know, when we went to, to Steve Perrins, he's I'm like, hey, Steve, here's what we're trying to do. And he's like, well, what if we did a little bigger? And I'm like, well, how are we going to go bigger? And then he came out with that package, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know, and what a great opportunity. That one scares me. Oh. I mean, to put that much pressure on an individual in one hunt, I hope we don't give him a heart attack. I'm telling you. Well, and then you talk, and I, I just saw him the day before yesterday in Nashville, and I'm talking to him, and and he did a little uh, quick video for us because they're also doing an auction hunt that's a very similar hunt where you can even choose to add moose. But even on that, he's talking about, he says, oh, this is in a, a two-bear zone. and I mean, so... Man. It just goes on and on. It's and just on, on and on. Yeah. So, hey, you know, there's something else that I wanted to to bring up uh, at the convention this year. We're having the uh, first ever world record field judging championship. Championship. Yeah, first ever. So, so we had a qualifying round in Ogden. Uh, we're going to have some qualifying rounds on the early days of the convention, and then Friday we're going to. Uh, all the individuals that qualify, we're going to put them through the the ringer and uh, see who the best of the best is. That's good. That's exciting. And, you know, that is a concept that that uh, you came up with and, you know, put the spurs to it and, and just flat out made it happen. Yeah, it'll be interesting how it's perceived. You know, I know the, yeah. guy, the guys that have done, went through the course thus far, love it. Yes. And I, you know, I'd ask him, what do we need to do? What do we need to change? Nothing. It's perfect. Yeah. Just keep doing that. So, um, heck, yeah, you got it, the it's money be out fun. of me. So, well, of course, <laughs> just not enough. <laughs> not enough. Well, and I didn't win. But, yeah. uh, so I will not be competing in the world championships. But you, there's still time to qualify. Oh, I qualify in Reno. All right. You could. Maybe I will. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to have to go read that measuring manual. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny uh, watching the individuals go through. A, some of them are very analytical. Some of them are just gut feeling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's amazing that I believe the guys that just step up there and the first gut instinct uh, do better at it. Yeah. So uh, now in the long run, maybe the analytical guy might be able to uh, excel. But yeah. It, it was interesting because I, I saw when I did that with you in Ogden, and uh, it it's probably shows that I'm not an official measure because I think I got pretty close on some of the gross scores, but my deductions were not good enough to get me into the final yeah. finals. Yeah. But uh, well, no. you know, and and really, my whole thought process around this was 
showing everybody that the numbers are just numbers. You know, there, there is a reason for the numbers, and we utilize yes. those numbers. But you hear the term 200-inch mule deer thrown around a bunch. A lot. And uh, just to put in perspective, we have this so people can judge them. And during the other qualifying rounds, majority of the people overjudge the animals. Yeah. You know, because it's in their mind, well, a big a, a big mule deer is 200-inch deer. That's a, a giant mule deer in my book. Uh, so yeah. they, they just tend to, to overjudge them. Yeah. So uh, the big thing is just keeping it in perspective. Let's have fun with this. Let's rank these animals and verify what they are, and we can look at them in perspective to all the other around them, you know. You bet. No, it's definitely fun, and um, it just adds another another component of yeah. something neat. And because we all hear those guys are like, "Oh, I can get within an inch of any animal." And, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, if so, come come drop your twenty bucks on the table and show us. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and it's also, you know, you take a a straight typical four by four mule deer that's two hundred inches. And then you take another deer that has 200 inches of horn growth, so a netting 200-inch deer, and you put them side by side, and it's it's look it's like looking at Wilt Chamberlain and John Stockton. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that noticeable of a difference, you know. And uh, I'm kind of probably showing my age by using those guys, but <laughs> but it's it's really huge. And it, it's just a number. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, here's something that's interesting, and I, I haven't heard the final potential number, but I know at one point in time during panel this week, there were, uh, I think it was the potential for 12 to 14 new world records. So potential. So not yeah. verified, but there were there was a chance that we could have up to 14 new world records, which just absolutely blows my mind. Yeah. And, and that, that's a, a, a point about panel is a world record has to be paneled. Yes. In order to be recognized and ranked as number one, the best of the best, it has to go through this process. Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to be here. There can be special panels, uh, arranged for that. And I believe we've had a couple of those this past recording period. But we have, I think there's 10 here. Okay. And then the, the 14 comes from the Some other the special panels that have been okay. out there. So uh, there's no question that there will be world records in the convention hall in Reno. That's good. You know, here's, here's a piece of trivia, and you're pretty knowledgeable, so my guess is that you'll you'll probably know this but i'll bet a lot of our listeners and members probably would not necessarily guess this what is the longest what species is the longest standing world record in our books yeah i know this one okay i figured yeah. you, I, i'm not gonna I, get much by you you've been around <laughs> I, I still i'm still learning stuff from you every day but so so, so anyway typ typical whitetail mel johnson's buck so longest running what blows my mind is that is the number one entered animal in our yeah. books. Number one hunted animal in the world. Number one there's hunted no animal. No animal hunted more than the. There's no big game. No animal. big game animal yeah. hunted more. And all of a sudden, so here's the one that is getting chased more than any of the other animals, and that's the longest standing world record. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is impressive, and I look at that, and I'm I'm just like, wow. It, what a testament to that trophy. And then, you know, it's out there. I mean, you look yeah. at, at all of these other potential world records coming in, uh, you know, the the uh, Brewster buck we had last. I mean, there's just there's all these big animals, and, and you just have to look. You're just waiting on pins and needles for, you know, when somebody's going to bring that next one in. And it just, you just never know. But, wow, how exciting. Yeah, it's it's uh, amazing to me that 
convention over convention, we continually are growing the world records. You know, I hear people talking about the good old days. They're right now. And well, in many aspects, they are, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, hunting opportunities in, in many aspects have gone down over the last decade. It's harder to get on private lands to hunt. The cost of hunting has gone up. So in that aspect of it, we're not in the good old days. But the 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 quality that we continue to see and the numbers of entries we can we continue to see is a testament to the North American model of wildlife management. Yes. You know, it continually gets better. Yeah. In any and every measurable way. Now, there's ebbs and flows in different species. It, it's not just every species is off the chart, uh, but when you compare it over time, it is. Yeah. You know, but it... it it just never ceases to amaze me. Even though Mel Johnson's buck is still number one, uh, we have bucks that are contenders almost every time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the difference between the top, the the world record and not, it, it, it could literally be one-eighth of an inch. Wow. So, uh, and it will be broken. I, I have every confidence uh, that we... Maybe not in my lifetime, but at some point, this organization will see a new world record typical white girl. It just sure seems so. And then you, you just think that's the logical one to just keep getting broken. And then right. you just see how long that one stood, and you're like, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. So yeah, that one, I get a lot of people when I tell them, I say, hey, what do you think the longest stand? And they always pick, you know, like a muskox or something, you know, more not everyday mainstream right, right. and uh, you're the first one that's ever guessed that correctly but i think you, you knew <laughs> a, that so yeah i'm a pretty astute student yes of, you are. of this the uh, the the thing that amazes me is we're seeing these world records in categories that you know not so many years ago very few people even branched out to hunt for yeah. example uh coos deer cows deer in the southwest yes. uh, they've become very popular uh i think a lot they are a subspecies of the whitetail and so these eastern whitetail hunters are branching out and being adventurous and uh and we are consistently seeing world records i don't know that we have one this year but we've we've seen in the typical and non-typical categories almost every convention having a world record in one of the other categories yeah. of coos deer so and there's pretty amazing phenomenal trophies being taken one of our uh, partners over at kuyu was we we're at their booth the other day and he was throwing out some pictures and uh, on a buck he just got so it'll be I, i'm pretty sure that'll be a panel next time because i can't imagine we'd have uh, you know, five that are bigger than that. So yeah. there's yeah. just some tremendous trophies in the sick of blacktails. Just, you know, with, with what Chuck Adams and some of those other guys are doing up there, it's just, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah, it, it really is. And and I think a lot of that is people are doing the homework better yeah. than they used to. They're not just jumping in their truck and going hunting. You know, you've got... Uh, onyx maps and the different map programs that yep. uh, you can uh, feel you can scout literally scout online uh, on your you know, couch terrain finding water holes <laughs> finding pinch points and yeah and whatnot and it's just becoming more and more accessible to the average person to do you know it's like with our organization bringing on the trophy search here um, five or six years ago uh, just to be able to go online and target different counties, you know, if, if you're if you're wanting to see which county is producing over the past five years the very top end bucks, you can dig deep enough into that program to get that. So you yeah. can start narrowing down. If I'm applying for elk out west, uh, where should I be applying? Well, you can go there and you say, okay, if I'm going to Arizona, I can look at this county and this county and this county. This one's producing the best the best animals. That's yes. the one I'm going to put in, you know. So those type of scouting tools are being more and more used, and people can target these larger animals. Yeah. So when I say target, they're putting themselves 
in the best opportunity to have an opportunity. Yes. And it's, yeah, because there, there's places where you can hunt, and if you if you shoot the biggest buck in a unit, he's still not going to be a contender. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, I, you know, for me, I think I alluded to it earlier, I've never been in, gone out in the field in my mind I was going to shoot a world record. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be prepared to if it happens. Have you, you ever know? seen a world record while you've been hunting? What's the what's the one that you're like that could have been it? Um, you know I can't honestly say, Jason, that I've ever seen a contender, a world okay. record in any of the species that I've hunted. Gotcha. Um, I've seen some giants in several of the species. Yeah, but none that uh, just stood out that it was. A world record because, yeah. I mean, I, I use what I call the wow factor. You know, if I'm sitting in a tree stand or I'm glassing and I spot an animal that makes me go wow, mm-hmm. I don't care what he scores. I'm going to go shoot that animal. Yes. I'm going to go try to shoot that animal. Yes. You know, so that's my barometer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it may not necessarily have a high score. It just may look sexy. It yeah. may have gnarly mass and oh. points and just be a freak. And it's like. Wow. If wow. I shoot that, nobody else will shoot one like it. You know? <laughs> that's so, cool. uh, so that's where what I go for. You yeah. Know? That that makes sense. Yeah. It's, you know, some people, I think, just have the opportunity where they see him. I got a good buddy of mine. He's got, a, I think, two of the top 50 mule deer taken with a bow in Oregon. And there is only one buck that he really talks about, and it's neither of those two. Yeah. And he's like, man, there was this one buck, and I saw him for three years in a row, Big Lou. He named him, and the, yeah. uh, he chased him with his bow for three years and just never caught up to him. But yeah. he's, you, you know, and you ask about it, we, we have hunters, Alan Bolin. Yeah. Great guy. Incredibly hard, dedicated hunter. But he has that focus, and he does that research that – He's not going to hunt in an area without that, that opportunity. With, without knowing that there could be that opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I, I think Alan's had uh, three or four world records, uh, something to that nature. A phenomenal accomplishment. And, you know, he's another one that will definitely be here at convention. That, uh, he's one of our speakers. Yeah. Yeah. He's- yeah, exactly. And just a. A great guy, a world of knowledge, and he's a younger guy. Yeah, you know? uh, that's what I like seeing. You got him. You've got uh, individuals like Danny Evenson and Zach Walton that are, you know, where I was 30 years ago, uh, age-wise, but the accomplishments that they've been able to do in their short time here is just phenomenal. Yeah, you know, and they're very humble about it. You know. Um, just great guys to be able to rub elbows with and, uh, you know, make that connection. Yeah. And I think you mentioned Alan, you know, I think he was, was it doll sheep where he's been on four doll sheep hunts and has not drawn his bow. Yeah. He's just, he is, and he's, it's not that he hasn't seen what most people consider once in a lifetime trophies. It's that he is looking for that potential world record. Yeah, his, his ultimate goal is to shoot the North American 29 that all 29 species make Boone and Crockett. Yes. Not just Pope and Young. Both books. Both books. Both books. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lofty goal and certainly one that's never been achieved. And uh, I, I believe Alan has the talent to do it. He's, you know, he's on the right track. And he's oh. got, there, there's no question he has the... The fortitude. Most people could not look at a, a an animal that that's a potential top ten animal ever taken with a bow and say, "Well, I know it's not a top three, so I'm I'm just going to keep looking." Yeah. I mean, most people yeah. couldn't do that. Sure, that that's a tough one. Unless you've yeah. shot a bunch of those animals, yeah. And, and unless you've got one and two, yeah. I don't know anybody that's going to pass up number three, but. Uh, but once again, they're they're just numbers. They're yeah. they're just something to measure to and compare everything else to. Uh, but but that's the caliber of individuals that we have the opportunity to uh, speak with and be around during our convention. Yes, and it's and it's neat to be able to to talk to them. And they're it's just different, you know. Some um, some folks have that, 
you know, some some people are, are turning down a top ten because they know it's not a number three. And then, you know, other people, you look and you're like, yep, I'd, I'd you know, first animal out of the hunt was a world, turned out to be a world record. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's actually kind of fun when that happens. Yeah. You know, out of the blue, you know. And I think the majority of these world records actually happen that way. You know, it, it's opportunity. Preparation meets opportunity. Yes. And it, and it came through. So I've just never been fortunate enough to be that opportunity to be presented to me. Not yet so for me either. I'm still working on it. Yeah. I'm not going to give up. You know, I'd love to have that number one spot someday. All right. But but for me, just having the privilege to hunt. Yeah. Period. I'm just still trying to get the panel invite. That's I gotta get before I get my first world record. I want to get my first panel invite. It's humbling. <laughs> it, it's for me. It's humbling. This this is the first panel in in three or four that I didn't get an animal called in. Okay. And I had brought several animals, other individuals' animals over to be yeah. measured. And I thought, boy, it's a whole lot funner bringing my own yeah, animals than is. somebody else's. But yeah. but I'm happy to do it. I'm glad that uh, but they bring them and commit to bringing them here. Yeah. Well, Dallas, um, sure appreciate you spending some time with us today. Um, you know, appreciate all your work on the board and as our vice president. Um, giving us the leadership and and you know making stuff happen. You look at at some of the things. You know that Ogden event. You're a, a driving force behind that. The um, World Championship field judging. You're a driving force behind that. And so I, I think it's great to give folks a, an opportunity to hear about all the things that you're doing for. And those aren't even. There's a whole list of that stuff. But yeah, yeah, We're, we we got a lot of irons in the fire and. Yes, we uh, do. From an organization standpoint, we want to make it fun. Yeah. You know, we don't want to just make it about shooting the biggest animals. We we want to have a stronger presence in the conservation side, the outreach side. We've always been there, but we're making a little more focused effort in some of those areas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are more... There's more to us than just the animals. Absolutely. That is our foundation. Yes. That's what we're built on and will always be propped up by. Yes. But, well, thank you guys for, for letting me share this time with you. Absolutely. And looking forward to seeing you and everyone at uh, convention. You bet. Let's go look at some more of these monster trophies. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do it.